Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In season one, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. It's been nearly six months since the last Smash Bros. DLC character was released, but the wait for a new character is finally over. Kicking off the new batch of six characters, in Fighters Pass Volume 2 is the ARMS heroine, Min Min, who is in-in to win-win. An ARMS character was announced in the Nintendo Direct Mini from March 26 of this year, and there was much speculation about who the character would be especially since the character that many consider the game's mascot already appears in Smash Bros. as an assist trophy. Well, on June 22nd, Sakurai gave a presentation unveiling Min Min, the ramen noodle shop owner slash ARMS combatant, as the new character. The developers of ARMS don't consider any one character to be the main protagonist, so Min Min was chosen. Following the footsteps of the previous DLC characters, her moveset is truly unique. In particular, rather than the A and B buttons controlling normal and special attacks, respectively, they instead independently control her right and left arms. I think Smash players are generally doubting this character's potential as she seems to have some very specific and serious flaws to offset her strengths, but no doubt someone will rise to the challenge and find a way to show her potential. Next to the new character, Stage, Spring Stadium, and Music, the most exciting thing to me was the release of a new me costume featuring Fallout Boy. I mean Vault Boy from Fallout. This is the first time Bethesda, the company responsible for the Fallout and Elder Scrolls series, has been a part of the Smash universe, which may mean future collaboration. People probably read way too much into these things, myself included, but I wouldn't be surprised now if a new character would be, like, Dragonborn from Skyrim. On the music side of this release, we have 18 new tracks from ARMS. Two of those tracks are remixes, both by Atsuko Asahi, who is also the composer of the original game. I'm pretty sure that every song that you can hear while fighting in the stages from ARMS is now in Smash. One of the remixes is the one we've been listening to, ARMS Grand Prix official theme song. The second is of Min Min's stage in ARMS called The Ramen Bowl. Get it? Because a bowl is another name for uh, an arena thingy? Yeah. Min Min, along with everything else from update 8.0.0, was released on June 29th. Before we listen to the remix of Ramen Bowl, let's listen to the original which doesn't show up in Smash, but of course, does in the original ARMS.
The Nintendo Switch launched in March of 2017, and among its launch titles was the game 1-2 Switch, a game made of several minigames making use of the capabilities of the unique Joy-Con controllers of the new console. Nintendo has a history of releasing games with new consoles that show the types of innovative potential of the new hardware, such as Wii Sports to show off the Wii Remote's motion controls and Nintendo Land to show off different uses of the Wii U's gamepad. These types of games have had mixed reviews, but regardless of what the world thinks of them, I personally appreciate the outside-the-box thinking that goes into them. Another game released in June of that same year that also made unique use of the Joy-Cons. You would hold them upright, hitting the shoulder buttons with your thumbs and your hands and fists like a boxer. That's right, this game is called ARMS. The fighters each had the ARMS ability, meaning their arms could extend outward great distances like springs. This may have been a genetic property of the individual or a fabricated property, as in the robot suit for Mechanica or the experimentation done on Master Mummy. At release, ARMS was praised as an innovative new game with lots of potential, but the hype seemed to die down relatively quickly. Perhaps including an ARMS character in Smash was a strategic move by Nintendo to get new fans interested in the game that Min Min originates from. Now that we know a little bit more about ARMS, let's listen to the new remix of Ramen Bowl. I'm glad that this is the only song for a specific fighter to get a remix in Smash. It makes the character of Min Min feel a little more special. Min Min is described as coming from China. She is a martial artist who fights to promote her family's shop, the Nintendo Noodle Shop. Very clever, Nintendo. Min Min, Nintendo. 
In a lot of fighting games, arms included, there are characters who often end up representing different countries from around the world in that tournament. An international competition is, after all, greater stakes than a local or national competition. The designers aren't content simply to have these characters come from these countries as part of their backstories, they want to make sure the audience explicitly knows where they're from. The aesthetic of these characters, how they're visually portrayed, their home stages, and sometimes the character's name, and most importantly for us, their theme music, is often made as cliché as possible so the player cannot miss the fact that they are representing a particular place. For examples of cliché names, look at Punch-Out! The series features a character named Don Flamenco, who hails from Spain, and a character named Von Kaiser, from Germany. Street Fighter is always a staple example for fighting games, and when it comes to character cliches, it is no exception. The character Balrog from America is a boxer whose likeness is basically stolen from Mike Tyson. Vega is a Spanish bullfighter, and his music has a flamenco flair to match, even when listening to the old arcade versions. Chun-Li is Chinese like Min Min, and something about her stage music feels similar to Ramen Bowl. Likewise, ARMS has characters from around the world, and also characters who represent something in particular, and their distinct music clues the listener into that. Let's go through some characters from the ARMS roster and listen to their music to see how it represents them. All this music is featured in Smash Bros as well. Ninjara is a ninja from Japan. His theme music, Ninja College, starts with taiko drumming and the instrument koto, and the melody is later taken up by the shakuhachi. If you want to know more about the koto and the shakuhachi, listen to our episode on traditional Japanese music. Next is Mechanica with her song Scrapyard. Mechanica is a girl who just wanted to be an arms fighter so bad that she built a suit with the arms ability using junkyard scraps. Her song is likewise mechanical sounding, using a robot voice and lots of synth. From France we have Twintel. That's that arms character who fights with her hair. She's a big movie star, and so her theme music, Cinema De, sounds like it could be in a big-budget Hollywood action movie. And Min Min is the heir to a ramen noodle shop in China. Her music features some traditional Chinese instruments, some kind of plucked instrument like a zither or guzheng that's similar to the koto. And there's a bowed instrument later on, which is likely an erhu, a two-stringed upright fiddle. Possibly most striking is the riff that begins the entire piece of music. Does that riff sound familiar to you? I'm guessing it does. I'll play it in a couple of different contexts from other media for you. Oh, 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 oh. 
just listened to Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas in 1974, Turning Japanese by The Vapors in 1980, and Laundry Blues by John Foster in 1930, respectively. In all these cases, the riff is used to make you think of East Asian culture. As such, it has been dubbed the Oriental Riff or the Chinese Riff. And you can bet it's been used way more than just in these three occasions. This riff is nine notes long and usually sounds like this. Though in some cases, the notes are slightly different, but the rhythm implies the riff. Sometimes the riff is used as a single line. Sometimes it's used in parallel fourths. And sometimes it's accompanied by a gong. Not only is it used in music and film, but it's also used all over the place in video games. Here are some examples. This is Chai Kingdom from Super Mario Land for the Game Boy, released in 1989. Chai Kingdom was heavily inspired by Chinese culture. This one is from the arcade game The Kung Fu Master Jackie Chan. Even Chun-Li's theme from Street Fighter 2 uses the rhythm of the Oriental Riff. The question is, where did this riff come from and how did we come to associate it with the Far East? For most musicologists who have looked into the question, a version of this riff has been used as far back as 1847 in a show called The Grand Chinese Spectacle of Aladdin or The Wonderful Lamp by T. Comer. Pretty sure they put Aladdin in the wrong country, by the way. So just to be clear, this riff was of Western origin, designed to evoke the feelings of Eastern culture in Westerners. It was also created during a time when very little was known in the West of Eastern culture, and some racist stereotypes were forming due to a fear that the West had of Chinese and other Asian immigrants. In fact, the Chinese Exclusion Act in the United States banned Chinese immigration from 1882 all the way to 1968. Unfortunately, this history of racism is tied up in this riff that we use to identify Eastern culture. If you'd like to know more about how this riff was used and a quick look at the history of Western views on Asian Americans, check the links in the show notes. You can come to your own conclusions about the use of this riff in media and games. Generally, I don't think tropes and cliches are a bad thing, especially when they are authentic. They help the consumer of the media to identify what it is they're observing. However, when those tropes have a history of discrimination such as racism, I think it's important to be thoughtful about how we use them. Regardless of how authentically East Asian this riff is, it uses notes from a particular scale that is authentic to the music of China. Let's listen again to the first part of the Ramen Bowl remix and try and figure out what scale the song primarily uses.
It sounds like the song is in a minor key, and so probably uses the minor scale, right? Well, that's partially true, but the scale it uses is more specific than that. Here's what we call it. Pentatonic scale! As generally as possible, pentatonic scale means a scale that contains only five notes per octave. Penta meaning five, such as pentagon, a shape of five sides, and tonic meaning tone, a sustained sound or note. This would be the namesake of the five-piece a cappella group, pentatonics. A pentatonic scale would be in contrast to a septatonic scale, which includes seven notes per octave, which we have several of, by the way, the major scale included. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then back to one. There are many different kinds of pentatonic scales, but for today we will focus on two main versions, the major and minor pentatonic scale. The major pentatonic scale can be thought of as if you took a full seven note major scale and removed the fourth and seventh notes from it. So in a C major scale, you'd normally have the notes C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. The major pentatonic scale has the notes C, D, E, G, and A. What's most notable about the difference here is that there are no two notes that are a single semitone apart in the major pentatonic scale. Normally there are semitones between E and F, and between B and C, but the notes F and B are now removed. This implication also means there are no tritones to be found in the major pentatonic scale. If you'll recall, semitones, or minor seconds, as well as tritones, are some of the most dissonant sounds in music. This means that you could hit almost any note in a major pentatonic scale and it would sound good in a melody. We said that you could make a major pentatonic scale by subtraction, taking two notes away from the major scale. We could also produce a major pentatonic scale by addition. We've talked in episodes past about a tool called the circle of fifths, and it seems to apply to all kinds of scenarios. We're definitely going to have to find a way to make an episode or two on circle of fifths at some point. If we take one pitch, like C, and we move up a perfect fifth from it, we land at a new note, this time a G. If we go a fifth up from G, we get D. We can do this two more times, then we'd get the notes A and finally E. If we take all those notes that are spread out and compress them to fit within an octave, we have C, D, E, G, and A, the notes of our major pentatonic scale. Nice! Just like each major scale has a relative minor scale, major pentatonic scales also have minor pentatonic scale relatives. C major and A minor are related because they share the trait that neither of those keys have sharps or flats in their key signatures. So they share the exact same set of notes, just starting in a different place. C major pentatonic and A minor pentatonic are no different. Both use the notes C, D, E, G, and A, except that A minor pentatonic starts on A, so the pattern would be A, C, D, E, and G. Another way to find the minor pentatonic scale is to take the minor scale and remove the second and sixth notes from it. So if we were in C minor, we would have the notes C, D, E flat, F, G, A flat, and B flat. C minor pentatonic would be C, E flat, F, G, and B flat. 
Listen to the difference between the major and minor pentatonic scales starting on C so you can detect these scales in the future. Here's C major pentatonic. And here's C minor pentatonic. Another interesting feature of this scale is that if you were to only use the black keys on a piano, you would be using the pentatonic scale. Once again, it's hard to play something that simply doesn't sound good if you stick to these particular notes. Now, these scales have been around forever and have been used all over the world. Seriously, I'll take one song example for you. Amazing Grace by English poet John Newton. Let me sing it to you in the key of C major pentatonic. G, C, E, C, E, D, C, A, G. G, C, E, C, E, D, G. E, G, E, G, E, C, G, A, C, C, A, G. G, C, E, C, E, D, C. Did you hear me use the notes F or B during that whole thing? I thought not. Another example of how ingrained the pentatonic scale is in our music psyche, you should watch Bobby McFerrin at the 2009 World Science Festival playing the crowd like an instrument as he improvises a counter melody on top. If you're unfamiliar with Bobby McFerrin, he's the genius behind such hits as Don't Worry, Be Happy. The crowd naturally settles into the use of the pentatonic scale, anticipating which notes to sing as Bobby jumps around on the stage. At the end, he has this to say. Regardless of where I am, anywhere, you know, the pentatonic scale for some reason, every audience gets that. A cursory look at some of the cultures that use these scales from around the world include the following folk music. Celtic, English, German, Nordic, Hungarian, Croatian, Peruvian, Sudanese Arab, American, and more. It can be found in West African music, African American spirituals, and gospel music. It includes jazz, blues, and rock. It includes children's songs and songs of ancient Greece. Native American music, Afro-Cuban music, you get the picture. Basically, all times and all places, the pentatonic scale is there. Notably, the music of China makes great use of the major pentatonic scale. In fact, according to the Harvard Dictionary of Music, the pentatonic scale in China was derived from a circle of fifths theory around or before the 7th century BC, very similarly to how we did it earlier in the episode. Almost every example that you can find of traditional Chinese music makes some use of this scale. If we look at the rest of the melody of Ramen Bowl, we find that most of it uses the minor pentatonic scale. Specifically, the song is an F minor pentatonic. The scale would be F, A flat, B flat, C, and E flat. There are two main melody sections, A and B. You'll find that the A section strictly sticks to this set of notes. Have a listen.
our B section expands on this a bit and includes the notes G and D flat, which would be found in the full F minor scale. Like we mentioned before, the pentatonic scale is not just found in the cultural folk music of different places around the world, but also in many modern genres of music. For example, it's found in the theme song to the Grand Prix of Arms. This version, found in the original Arms, features big brass and driving electric guitar, reminiscent of 80s rock found in movies like Rocky and video games like Punch-Out! The voices at the beginning of this tune are literally just moving up and down the minor pentatonic scale. It can't get much more obvious than that. It gets passed from the voices to the solo electric guitar in this section. Hang on, I, I think I heard something there. Let's, let's listen to that section again. I'm pretty sure there's a different note in there. It's, it's outside the minor pentatonic scale. Blink and you miss it. Let's slow it down to half speed. Aha! There it is. This piece is an F-sharp minor pentatonic, which has the notes F-sharp, A, B, C-sharp, and E. But that electric guitar note was a C-natural, not a C-sharp. What does this mean? What are the implications? Are they just messing with the formula that we know, or is there another scale at work here? You're just gonna have to wait until the next episode to find out. you enjoyed the episode. This week has lots of links in the show notes. You can check there for more information on the Oriental Riff, including a database of examples used throughout the past 200 years. You can also find links to Bobby McFerrin's talk at the World Science Festival. If you liked the episode, leaving a review is a great way to give feedback and helps give the podcast some exposure. If you're interested in keeping this show going, check out my Patreon. For links to social media and all things Overtone Warp Zone, go to overtonewarpzone.com. Until next time, keep playing.